0: Bella D'Angelo show. I am Bella and Coach, my wingman. Coach, you still hanging on there?
1: Yes, as always. As always. (laughs)
0: Well, as I say, and as you're getting to know me, the honor to be on KPPP 88.1 Fargo Moorhead talking to Minnesota or North Dakota and basically the world from the love of crude oil that is. Yes, I am a transplant back to Minneapolis. We are the unique voice in conservative talk radio delivering God-given common sense, political discussion, entertainment. We will try and keep it clean. I don't know. I don't have any promises and probably try and stay out of handcuffs. I don't know, though. Oh, I, I don't no. know about I staying know. out of the handcuffs because with the craziness of going, what's going on with this lockdown right now and all of the madness, which we're going to get into. But first of all, we've got a great show lined up ahead of us. We've got Shelley Luther. We're going to discuss the very strong patriotic acts of Shelley Luther, the salon owner down in Texas. We are then going to be talking about masking or not masking the requirements of opening up our businesses. Then we're going to be talking about the government is actually going to start telling us, well, they've already told us to stay at home, but they're making even further far-reaching recommendations as to when you can leave, how far you can go, how many can be in your boat, and no overnight stays at resort. Sounds like a lot of fun to me. And then we are also bringing on, I believe it's one of the owners, possibly both owners of Betty's Pies. This is a business owner trying to stay afloat, keep their business open during these crazy lockdown times and talking about the real impact of the restrictions imposed, the possibility of when the restrictions are being lifted and what that's going to look like as a business owner. And we really want to send a lot of support towards it's Betty's Pies up in Two Harbors, Minnesota. But let's let's get this thing started. Before we talk about Shelley Luther, I do want to ask a couple of things. And we also have Paul, our constitutional scholar with us. Paul, how are you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing great, Bella. How are you doing? I,
0: I feel like a rant is slowly going to really develop today on the show. You guys might have to either mute me or pull me off the ceiling, but I do have one. I have a couple of questions. Okay, so um, this... I this, <laughs> this
1: <laughs> I'm like me and Paul are going to go, do we really have to do this or pull her off the ceiling? But go ahead, go ahead, Bella.
0: Okay, we go from impeachment, impeachment, impeachment to virus overnight. You can't hear, I mean, I, I got a couple of questions. Did Antifa pack up and go to another country? Where, where's Antifa?
1: Hmm.
0: What about the caravans? Where about, what about the caravans? Did, did they all of a sudden, does nobody desire to come to the U.S. anymore? Because, you know, those caravans were like a weekly... They were a, a weekly venture to, to the US. What about the mass shootings? Now, I'm not advocating, obviously, but where I'm going with all this is has the rest of the world just packed up and left us? I mean, you don't hear anything about Putin, Rocket Man. And I, another thing if this virus is supposedly killed by heat, why aren't the left celebrating global warming, which they've been screaming <laughs> at us? About? I, mean, I mean, it's if everything has just stopped. And all we are focused on and polarized is the media, fear mongering. But I, I just wanna know, did Putin say, I think I'm gonna, or specifically Rocket Man, did he say, you know, I'm just gonna leave Trump alone right now. That that virus, that be bad.
2: I find it interesting. I've learned over the years of my experience, two very important points when it comes to news and anything along that lines. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, we have this case of uh, what's called media attention deficit disorder. Um, basically, they run along till something else catches their attention. Uh, you know, it's like it's like the dog from uh, Up, the movie Up. Right? He's right in the middle of something. All of a sudden, squall. And that's, it, whatever the squall of the day is, that's what everybody focuses on, and they forget. What happened? It doesn't matter. It didn't happen. It, it, it's like it's, it's like the moon has lost its entire short-term memory. Uh, you know, anything that, that lasts more than about a few days just you know, falls into the bit bucket and disappears. But I think the more important thing is uh, it's kind of an old magician's trick, uh, and that is to get you to focus on one thing because that's what they want you to look at well they go do other things with the other hand and history is showing well, I,
0: I i would agree with that but i go a little bit further and and then we're gonna jump into the Shelley luther story but um i was dry on my mental health drive today and i just i i said to uh dan i said you know you might call me crazy but The next massive investigation should be virus gate, because I do believe that uh, there's I acknowledge fully there's a virus, but there is something massively more driven behind this. And the real criminal is that the Democratic governors want the economy to to crash because they are counting on the federal bailout to fix their incompetency during this crisis, and they won't, won't learn any lessons if we bail them out of this. But we will get into further discussions about that. I just, that was just some of my light table talk discussion going on in my head earlier today, guys. I just,
1: <laughs> well, you know what you're saying is correct. And I think what Paul said earlier with uh, the dog and up are we are so easily distracted. And well, as he was talking, and I started realizing that they did the same thing with our constitution and our laws we f- were distracted that we are not following the constitution the and and the laws that were given and you know what Within another two weeks, it's going to be something else, because now. Well, it's I what, don't 100%. I don't
0: give it two weeks. I don't give it two weeks because, and we got to transition to the Shelly Luther story because we need a lot more Shelly Luthers. And I just found uh, an article that's saying that we may be locked down. Uh, here in Minnesota until June 12th. So we've, these are unprecedented times, but what a hero. Let's switch gears now, guys. Shelley Luther, what a hero, what a patriot. The Dallas salon owner uh seven days she was given seven days jail seven thousand dollars fine opening she opened her salon despite the stay-at-home orders reopened april 24th received citation from the police department april 25th she attended a protest publicly tore up her to desist the this thing blew open nationwide coverage the Dallas judge who called Shelly selfish for her own actions ahead of actions of others, he allowed her to apologize for no further action. Shelly's response was a Martin Luther King moment. She said, I disagree with you saying I'm selfish because feeding my kids is not a selfish act her stylists needed to feed their kids as well so if you think feeding my kids is selfish go ahead with your decision paul you said that that was a a speech and it would be an a plus speech if she had said and i completely agree that if she would have said your illegal unconstitutional immoral unjust decision amen paul
2: well yeah you know it's the uh uh, yeah, I, I think I said if she was in my class I would have given her an A an A plus if she would have pointed out that the law that the judge wanted to uphold was illegal, immoral, unjust, unconstitutional uh, and, and personally you know part of me wishes you to turn around and say I'd be proud to hold such a corrupt court in contempt uh, the judge what what the judge did from what I've seen, watching his, uh, watching the videos of the actual court proceedings, uh, it was reprehensible. It was, it was an air of aristocracy. Here he is sitting on high. How dare you disobey the uh, laws of your rulers, you, you plebe, you serf, you peasant? And I'll tell you what. I'll be a nice guy. And if you come and genuflect to our power, I will, I will let you, uh, I'll, I'll let you go, but you have to come and genuflect to our power. And I, I find that absolutely reprehensible in someone who is in the position to uh, the, the purpose of the court is to um, ensure justice. That's their job is to find justice. And this Gov- this uh, judge did not find justice for Shelley Luther. Um, you know, there's been lots of talks about what should be done. Personally, I think impeachment is it should be the first step uh, of this judge's next career.
0: Well, here's here's the trend that I'm seeing, and that's why we're going to be discussing the unconstitutionality of so many of these that are in a position of governance. I am seeing the trend of this drunk thirsty desire of this overreaching power. None of these people were in the spotlight. I mean, Governor Walz himself, I'm sorry, but I mentioned this earlier in show prep. I would not be surprised if he was a bullied child, and now all of a sudden with this overreaching ability, he's drunk with this power that he's never had before, and it is taking over the common sense and the governance. But also, as I stated earlier, they're also using this, you know, there were like California and New York that were bankrupt to begin with, they, you know, now they're using this crisis to bail themselves out of their incompetencies. And then you have situations like this, where we've got some very strong willed patriotic woman business owner that was willing to stand and take the punishment to also then win because when the restrictions were lifted, but I want to encourage other business owners to understand. I mean, this is what We are being resorted to right now is that there are businesses today I saw on Facebook, there are multiple businesses that are opening up against the uh, orders given to us by Governor Walz. And um, we have to encourage these people because truly, if we are in these blue governed states where it is sounding like they are taking, you know, Fauci came out today giving again, even though he says he's not giving economic advice, when he is saying that there is dire warning if you are opening up too soon or too fast of the additional deaths, the problem is The virus isn't going anywhere. And in states around us where they haven't had the lockdown as long, there's less deaths. And yet, at the end of the day, the real death is we're flattening the curve on the virus, but now we're flattening the curve on our economy and our small businesses. And we have to support these businesses and and encourage them to come back and open their doors.
2: Yeah, I think what is lost in a lot of these discussions is the fact that we're talking about voluntary association. Uh, You know, a a business opens up and no one is on the street holding a gun to passersby saying, you must come in and do business. These are voluntary actions and those voluntary actions have consequences. The idea that uh, government is our ruler and can tell us when we can and cannot exercise our liberty, It it's anathema to what our founding fathers created.
0: Paul and I gotta take it from here cause we're up against our first break and this is a perfect lead into because our next segment, we are going to be talking about the dnr and contract tracing which is the beginning of telling us even further restricting when we're in and out of our front door and taking away our liberties and our freedom and we'll be right back after this quick break Bella D'Angelo show, Bella here and coach. And we also have our very distinguished guest, uh, yeah. Paul Engel, the constitutional scholar to help us make us, get us through these trying, difficult, twilight zone-like days. We are talking today. So uh, Saturday, I'm driving, again, my mental health drive that I do twice a day. And I heard that the DNR had sent out a message a day and a half before the fishing opener. Now, the fishing opener in Minnesota, I don't know about you guys, but it, it's like bigger than the state fair. It's, it's one of those traditions that everybody and their brother goes to the fishing opener.
3: Yeah.
0: And a day and a half before the opener begins, this notice goes out. And if you listen to what they're telling you, they say, only drive and burn up a tank of gas. No overnight Stays at resorts, and you may only have a fellow family member in the boat with you. I sat and listened to that. Now, take the virus aside, if we didn't have this lockdown going on, you would ask, How did who, you know, what communist regime has taken over the DNR? So I called a resort. I'm not going to give the name. And I asked the woman if she had any vacancies and she said, no, I've been overbooked for weeks. And I, she said, that the, good. yes. And she said, the curious thing was the timing of this whole thing. It comes out at 2:46 on Wednesday. The opener starts on Friday. And she said, I said, well, what are you seeing at your resort? And she said, well, It looks like there's fathers with sons and a friend. And she said, also, we did talk to some of the individuals at the DNR because we wanted to know were they going to be showing up and checking driver's license and and identification to see if they were breaking it. And the members of the DNR that they contacted said that they were not going to be enforcing it. God bless you, gentlemen. Thank you. Amen
2: to that. (sighs) Let's, let's, not un- let's not enforce uh, unconstitutional, illegal laws. That'd be a great. That's a great idea. Reminds me of that police
1: officer in Washington state that said, you know, he put out that video trying to work with uh, uh, letting people know that, hey, look, he's not going to enforce constitutional laws. It's going to cause all kinds of issues. And in the morning, his boss said, you did a great job. Three hours later. They said, either retract that video or you're fired. And he said, I'm not going to back away from what I believe is unconstitutional. And then I saw another another police officer put a video out today stating the same thing. And I'm glad that law enforcement is, is doing that, that they're standing up on constitutional things.
0: This leads back to my question. You know, these people suddenly are in the limelight, like the Michigan governor that said you can't travel to your vacation home with if it's in the same state. I heard Illinois' governor today, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh, and Illinois' governor said, you can only have two people in your boat, no matter what size your boat is.
3: <laughs> can
1: you imagine a 75-foot yacht?
2: Understand, we have spent, we as the American people over the last 100, 150 years have trained our elected officials to say, you know, they are our, we call them our leaders, we call them our rulers, we tell them that they have a compelling interest to keep us safe. This is not a surprise. This is the logical outcome of decades of people uh, who who don't understand the constitution who don't understand their rights who who don't even understand what the role of government is this is this is this is not a shock to anyone who's paid any attention to history or who's paid any attention to just human nature they have you know we've said look at how often the american people when when something happens we, we need a law. There should be a law. Government must do something. We've turned over to them responsibility for our lives. We have become the serfs that uh, we claimed we didn't want to be. And now we're surprised, shocked, I say, when they actually exercise the power uh, we've been talking, we've been giving them.
0: Um, well, this, if this doesn't wake up every American citizen and... Get out to vote in November, because what Bernie Sanders was advocating, which is socialism, this is the American experiment of living under socialism, police state law. And the next concerning thing, and we've got about six minutes left in this segment, guys. So the other day I heard something about contact tracing, saw it on Fox News, was so alarmed that I started asking some questions. This is contact tracing where they are, the government is, the states, excuse me, the states are looking to hire thousands of people, pay them to go and contact people that have been in contact with those who have COVID. And what I'm understanding, Paul, is not only will they be testing them, they can actually put you into quarantine against your will. Is that, am I understanding that correct?
2: Uh, legally, uh, no. Uh, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, still has a Fourth Amendment: "You are secure in your persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable search and seizure." Um, it it actually gets worse. There's a federal legislation, a bill working through Congress, HR six 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 six, where the federal government wants to give wants to bribe the states to uh, not only do testing. But also this type of tracing, where they want to actually track uh, if you know the contacts of people who have tested positive. Well, actually, they don't even say tested positive; they say infected people. Um, but it all comes from this idea of the government is you know, has this role. The government must take care of us. Well, yeah, if you're a serf. You know this is you call this this is worse than socialism this is this is a kingdom
0: Yes and 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 I I just that's why I say these are dangerous times that if people you know, I used to think that I was making a difference by getting people out to vote and to understand that their vote did count. That seems like child's play and basically almost like kindergarten conversation because what we're looking at right now is a true battle. It's a it's a battle between good versus evil. It's a battle over the big brother, the established the One World Order. uh, these, These people are not backing down. And if we're not waking up and understanding our Constitution and what our rights are, they will be forever taken away. I mean, Donald J. Trump, our president, is one man. And I do believe that he had to act in the very beginning. But now As the numbers are being questioned and as the states are trying to open back up and yet the lockdown, that big brother stronghold lockdown that is existing. I mean, guys, I'm in Minnesota. I'm actually traveling to North Dakota again tomorrow to experience what? Life with normalcy, being able to go out, go to dinner, go to shops, do all the things that just don't even exist here in Minnesota, and by the looks of it, could go on for quite some time. The problem is, is the long-term economic impact. I mean, I heard that there's some big trillion-dollar bills supposed to be passed on Friday and extending the stimulus, COVID unemployment money. I mean, they can't keep printing and. At the end of the day, the American people their mentality and their livelihoods, their safe health, we need to get back to work and we need to fight for our rights and we need to know and understand what they can and cannot do. And and Paul, that's why I've asked you to join us because these are uncharted times, even for myself. I mean, I've been in talk radio for a long time, but I've never had to negotiate and understand how the government can literally one day just turn out the lights, shut everything down and have such such a stronghold over all of our life and liberty and our ability to go and do our jobs and have a job.
2: Well, it's actually not that unprecedented. We, we had the same situation in the 1770s. We had the situation where you had a, a government that was not representing the people, a government that was sovereign over the people, dictating to them how they would live their lives, how they would run their businesses, how every, everything was theoretically under the control of the king. And we've fallen back into that. It's interesting. If you go back and read the Declaration of Independence and you look at the 27 grievances, just read them and then see how often you can say the exact same thing about Washington, D.C. or your state capital. This is why John Jay said we should all diligently read and study the Constitution so we will know their rights, we will know when they are being violated, and be prepared to defend and assert them. We don't read the Constitution, we don't know what our rights are, and we certainly are not prepared to defend and assert them. So when someone in government says, uh, uh, you know, here you are, I can do this, everyone kind of says, oh, Okay. And like a good little plebe, a good little serf, a good little peasant just goes off and does what their master tells them.
0: Well, I have said in personal conversations and discussions with other political people at what point are we going to really start to push back and fight? And we are seeing it in Minnesota when we're seeing these businesses that are opening outside of the continued extended stay at home in place. Paul, we talked a little bit and coach, we talked a little bit about some of these cities in Minnesota that are starting to create resolutions saying uh, they are not going to adhere to the stay at home and they are going to start opening up their businesses in their cities. There's about four or five cities so far that I know have passed these resolutions and who would have ever thought that cities within a state would have to fight for our rights and our liberty and our ability to have our jobs. But you know what? This country has, tur- has turned into two countries from within. There are those of the very far left and those of us on the right. And the progressive liberalism, socialism, police state that they are embracing has pushed the left party so far left that, guys, Hillary Clinton almost becomes a moderate at this point (laughs) and potentially even Obama.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, but I don't even place it at. At a party level, because we have Republican governors that are issuing stay at home orders. We have what we have is more than just, and, and trust me, I'm no fan of political parties. I, I believe what uh, Washington said is that, the, you know, the in his farewell address, the natural rivalry between the parties would be the destruction of this country, not from without, but from within. Uh, but it, it's this whole idea of. Are we a government, are we a land of laws, not of men? Are are the people sovereign or are the state houses and the uh, Washington, D.C., are they sovereign? Who ultimately is in charge? And right now there's a battle to to decide that going through our country. And I think this COVID has really awakened people to just how tyrannical these governments are.
0: I completely agree. We're up against our next break, which leads us into, we will be discussing next when we come back from our break, the restrictions put on our businesses to be able to open our doors. So we will be right back. We gotta fight baby fight. D'Angelo Show coach, and we've got Paul Engel, our constitutional scholar, and we are KPP P88.1 Fargo-Moorhead. Such an honor to be back on, such an honor to be on the air in these bizarre days of trying to make our way through each day, understanding as the time keeps going. Ticking away for this lockdown and how do we finally start getting back out, getting back to our normal lives, being able to conduct our normal lives, going to our jobs, going to our businesses, supporting our smaller businesses, because, you know, the essential and non-essential, there really is no such thing as non-essential. Essential workers, the randomness of who can be open, who is not open. You know, there's a tiny little pawn shop down the street from me, which God bless them that they are open. However, there's other small little, you know, there's a the little bread shop, sandwich shop, which you are able to sit down back in the day, but you can go in and, and order food. But I'm trying to, you know, understand the in differenti- di- differentiating, excuse me, my enunciation. And this is what we want to talk about today is these restrictions and what compliances that businesses have to comply with in order to open their doors. So what I'm understanding is they're keeping the social distancing, the PPE, which would be masks and gloves, uh, the plexiglass in, in these businesses. Am I missing anything else, Paul, right now that is being mandated for some
2: of these businesses to open well in different areas have different mix and match, which I find very interesting. You know, the, uh, uh some states you have to have this. I, I went to get my hair cut, I, The barber finally opened. I went to get my haircut. And not only was the uh, barbers having to wear masks and gloves, um, they had to sanitize my hands. I don't know why they sanitized the chair before I sat down. They sanitized before the next, but they had to sanitize my hands. Not quite sure what the purpose was.
0: You know, you should have just asked them, you know, just come in with like the weed sprayer, like just get one of those big canisters, fill it with disinfectant and just spray you down from head to toe and, you know, just make a whole big scene out of it. I mean, cause that's that's what they're doing because here's, here's the thing is that all of this cost that is is being required for these companies. Okay, think about how long the small business owner has not even been open. They still have to pay their rents and all the things that they're having to pay. And then in order to reopen their business, okay, now they have to add all of these, all of the plexiglass. And you've, you're, everybody's seen them. We're all walking into our gas stations. We've all been walking into some of our grocery stores and other businesses that have put up this plexiglass. They're putting all of the marking on the floor where you can and can't stand. And then think about this. Now you're being mandated to only take Take the small restaurant, okay? So they're finally going to open their doors. They have to add all the expense so that they can have customers coming back in. Then they're told another mandate, right? Only have 25% of the people in your restaurant. Can they even cover the cost of that 25% of walk-in traffic to overcome the cost that they had to put out just to open their doors to comply with this madness, Well,
2: to me, it's even more basic, you know, and yes, there there are economic and logistical concerns with all this, but it really comes down to where does someone get the authority to tell you whether or not your business is open simply because they have a government paycheck. So in this country, we have a fourth amendment that says you cannot be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, meaning you go to court and your rights are protected. We have a 14th Amendment that says states cannot pass laws that deprive you of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And we have an Article Six clause that says each and every state and federal executive, legislature, judge, and, and I believe most of the agents are required to have an oath where they swear or affirm to support the Constitution that says they cannot take your liberty, they cannot take your property, without going through due process, yet that's exactly what is happening. The uh, shop owner, the store owner has had their property seized, taken from them effectively because they're being told, you cannot use it. Uh, You have the individual being told, you are no longer at liberty, whether it's you can't go out of your house or you can't do business with that person without due process of law. And it's, it's one thing for a private organization to say, you know what, uh, we believe this virus is serious, we want to take precautions, we see the recommendations of six foot separation and mass and these, we think that's a smart idea, we will do that. It's quite another to have a government agent, a person who is hired to protect our rights, a, a person who is uh, uh, gets a government paycheck standing out there and threatening to to cite, fine, arrest, incarcerate people simply for exercising their liberty. This is not a free country. It is not I and mean, we, we call it a free country, but I'm sorry it, you know the, 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 is this really the land of the free if you're not free to do what you want and be willing to suffer the consequences. It really is a, a, a sad day in America. And if we're not the land of the free, are we the home of the brave when it's a, a salon owner in Dallas, Texas, are one of the few people you see standing up and telling a judge, no, this is wrong. It is, you know, my her shop is essential to her, to her family, to her workers, and to their family. And how dare... How dare an a, a public employee? I don't care how you got that job. You're a public employee. You work for the people of Texas and Dallas. How dare you tell her that that job that feeds her family and her employees' families is not essential? It's disgusting.
0: Well, let's let's look at what the uh, next couple of months holds for it. So this these are some of the things that I have heard will not take place this year in Minnesota. And they are about as American as apple pie and the red, white and blue. So like the state fair, it sounds like this Minnesota state fair is not going to be taking place. Do You know how much revenue the Minnesota state fair brings in?
2: Well, I have a, a better question. How much revenue is your liberty worth? And, and as you're talking about from the person from uh,
1: down in Texas, I think it's a twofold problem. One, the government is not reading the Constitution to make sure that they're acting in the proper manner. The second problem is we, the people, are not reading the Constitution and know our rights. So when you have a disconnect, really, from the Constitution, you you're you have this this major problem. You know, you get ready to go into these plays that are not uh, it, that are not going to do this year, like the the fair. The people say, "Look, under my Constitution right," as Paul just stated hey, you can't deprive me of liberty and the freedom that I have. But because they don't know it, it's easy to manipulate. They they say you can't do it. They will follow these laws that are unconstitutional.
0: Well, that's why we're here and that's why we're discussing it. Because, like I said, one minute I was terrified by the virus. Then I started asking some questions. Then I started asking a lot more questions. And I do think that in the very beginning of this, as... I understand the panic when you watched, you know, China, Italy, New York, and then Trump, President Trump, has to do something. But at this point, Fauci and Scarf, whatever you want to call her, uh, we 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 got to push them to the sides. The models that they were using are are not producing the numbers that they originally feared us into and i i do believe that we did believe as a nation that we were facing a pandemic and acted accordingly but now as i mean this originally the lockdown the stay at home was originally to allow our hospitals to ramp up to the capacity that they needed to be able to hold the numbers of people and when you look at the
2: Go ahead, Paul. Look at the difference between the federal response and the state response. and, And if I'm wrong, tell me, but President Trump suggested. Yes. Fauci suggested. He said, here's the best information we have. We found out it was wrong, but here's the information we have. Therefore, we suggest you stay at home. We suggest you do this. We suggest you do that. And... And as the information changed, they updated that. It was the states that came in and said, we are going to impose the equivalent of – we're getting awful close to martial law. When you have, when you have people, uh, uh, law enforcement on the streets to enforce a stay-at-home order, um, mm-hmm. you, know, you have – we are flirting dangerously close to martial law. And it but it's the states that have been doing it, and it's the states that were supposed to protect us from the federal government. They're the ones that are doing the most injury right
0: now. I completely agree. We've got about three minutes left. Sorry, two minutes left in this. So here's the thing, and this is what I what I said earlier in the show. We now have government officials, people in position that never had the power before and they are abusing it because just like you know the short man syndrome right I mean the little guy that's just got the out of control temper and and you can't control them they now are drunk with this power and they are enjoying what they are trying to get away with and that's why on this show and I have said as long as we're babbling this until we are back out and living our lives normally again have taken our life liberty and our jobs back I'm trying to educate people and encourage people and let people know where they can go to if they need help and direction because I'm telling you, I I for one myself, I need to get back to work. I haven't been working since the first week of March and uh, those that really know me, Coach, probably you can speak a little bit more to this, but nobody (laughs) really wants to be too close to me since I haven't been working in a couple of months. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just got a text from
1: Dad, and he said, "Yeah."
0: <laughs> I mean, and when when you if you hear me start sending messages in the middle of the night, like you got oh, any? Oh, body oh, oh, bags, I just got
1: another text from your mom. She goes, "Yes, yeah, she needs a job quickly." <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got body bags. You got any back holes, Or all of a sudden, I've gone missing, and I've got that. You know, oh, I just we've got to. But so. We got to, we're coming up against our next break. And when we come back, hopefully Carl from Betty's pies, and we can talk about the real impact to a business or an owner. And we will be right back after this next break. Fight baby fight. The Bella D'Angelo Show. I'm Bella. We got coach. We got a big table here for this last segment. We've got Paul with us, the constitutional scholar. We also have the co-owners of Marty and and Carl from Betty's Pies, which I'm going to bring you guys on here in a second. But So this is the the second show of the Bella D'Angelo Show. Very proud to be back on the airways at KPPP. 88.1 88.1 Fargo, Moorhead, from the love of crude oil that is transplanted to Minneapolis as we're walking through these bizarre different times, struggling to find out when are we going to finally be released. I mean, we're, we're like squirrels in a squirrel cage, and um, it, it can bring out a lot of squirreliness in some people. I You know, I do, I do mention in this final segment, Coach, we have talked about My Little Mama Yoga Hot Pants you you've talked to her over the phone
1: she is a huge let me tell you if uh, if anybody that needs to be on this show is hard she is hilarious i love talking with her she's the bomb
0: Well, she's 82 years old, five feet tall, with an attitude and personality bigger than life itself. She is in a senior resident center, which I will be bringing some of my conversations when I go and visit with her outside. And she's just one of these little spitfires, much like, you know, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree, but you never know what she said. You know what, Coach? You know what she said to me the other day when I called her? I call her in the morning. I call her a couple of times throughout the day, um, and I asked her how she was doing, and here Saying, Why
1: do you keep calling me? <laughs> <laughs> you just called ten minutes ago.
0: <laughs> well, you know, part of this lockdown she's embracing because I can't call her anymore and say, "Mom, are you going to go down and do yoga? Are you going to go and play bingo?" I mean, she's she's embracing the lockdown because she's left alone and I can't harass her anymore. But I did call her the other morning and said, "Hey, mom, how are you doing?" And she was giggling. I said, "What's going on?" And she said, "Oh, I'm doing so much better." I said, "Really? What's going on?" She said, "Well." Earlier, I look like Tiger Woods, but now I look like Elizabeth Taylor and life is good. <laughs> I love her. I love her. Yoga hot pants. And yep. one day, we will get her on the show. She's transfixed by the mainstream media. And that's why I explain this fear-mongering and what it's doing, especially to the elderly and those that are locked up. But I tell you what, when I do get to Springer, I want to head north. I want to go to the North Shore. And last spring, I went and stayed at the Larsmont. And I asked locals where we needed to go for a great meal and a piece of pie. And they told us about Betty's Pies. And I had one of the best experiences we were shocked because we were able we from how favorite and uh, local hotspot it is up in Two Harbors. I was very pleased to be able to get in, very little wait time, got to sit at the counter. And then Carl, it could possibly have been you that I was visiting with when I was asking what to order and where else we should go and visit. You have just such a wonderful establishment and so honored to have the owners, Carl and Marty of Betty's Pies. How are you guys doing today?
4: We're doing good, Bella. Thanks for having us.
0: Pretty good. All things considered. Oh, talk about all things considered. So, <laughs> let's let's back up. So, we have talked earlier in this segment about uh, we've talked about the restrictions and and what is being handed down by the government to not only get out of our house and go where we choose to and go to the businesses we choose to, but the mandates being given to business owners, how to, first of all, open their doors. If you are open curbside service, which you are in takeout, what is going to happen moving forward as you open up your business even more? So let's, first of all, God bless you guys. You guys are in business. You're doing curbside and to go, correct?
4: Correct.
3: We are, yes. And shipping pies. So I like shipping work-
4: pies.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> we're here to promote you guys and get
0: you more yeah. business. So where are you at right now? Like what percentage of capacity are you running at and, and what how how much have you been impacted by this lockdown?
4: Well, like everybody, we've been impacted a lot. Currently, I would say during the weekday, we're closed two days during the week because we don't have enough staff to fill shifts if we were to open every day, but it's still, we're only at like 25% capacity during the week, but on weekends, and this is just lately on weekends, we're probably at 50% because so many people have been kind enough to drive up here from the Twin City area and they're really making day trips up here. They're not staying overnight. They're coming up for the day, hopefully hitting like Gooseberry State Park or Split Rock State Park. Then they're going back home before it gets dark. And then Sundays are still kind of slow.
0: Now, when I I, I talked to you earlier about coming on the show, you had mentioned that when the governor starts to open up some of the restrictions and allow you having seat in, I think you were concerned that if you were mandated to only be allowed to have 25% capacity, that that could be a challenge.
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. I actually think this is just, you know, my opinion on it, but if he, if he only allows us to open at 25% capacity, it doesn't really do a whole lot for us as, as far as increasing revenue. We might as well just keep on doing takeout because at least takeout we can improve on and kind of get people in and out and keep them moving and get them in and out of the parking lot. If only If we only have six, seven tables open in the restaurant, people are going to be waiting for a couple hours for a table. And I just don't think, I just don't think that's acceptable. I We're pretty well known, and you were here last year, pretty well known people can get in and out of here in 20, 30 minutes and and order lunch and pie. It's, it's that kind of fast paced environment, 25 or 50% capacity, that's going to go away. People will, people are going to hang out here easily for an hour probably because it took them that long to get in, correct? Yeah.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. What, are,
3: what are your thoughts in, in all of this since the lockdown? Well, I, you know, when it first came out, I thought, I, underst- I understood it then, just to kind of get a handle on everything. But as it's dragging on and on and on, I just really feel like, you know, it, it's just not fair to the small business people. We're getting killed, not just us and not, you know, not just restaurants, but little gift shops and you know, there's two harbors is at Ghost Town now. Nothing's open because they they have to be shut down. So uh, it's very frustrating. And I heard today or I read today that it's probably going to continue until June 12th. Yep, that, that's what
0: that, I read as well. Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
1: So knowing it to June 12th, how is that going to make you, is that going to change your business or are you still planning on running to June 12th? Or I know some people have decided to close their doors. What do you, what do you what do you hope will happen, and how long would you you think it need to be before you have to throw in the towel? Which I hope you don't.
4: Yeah, well, we're we're doing okay on takeout. You know, it's just it's just okay, right? We we actually have a much smaller staff on, but we'd like to bring most of our staff back, but we can't because we're only doing takeout, and it really people people order they're still ordering a lot of pie and some food, but it's not near the volume that if you had complete dine in service and we always did dine in and takeout before. So it was like 50, 50 of each. So it was, it's much better. We'll hang in there here at Betty's pies. We'll hang in there um, because it's on highway 61 because people drive up here and they drive by us. But I think by just doing takeout too, eventually as more people come up here we'll be able to serve less because there's just not room people are going to hang out in the parking lot longer they're going sure. to, have to in the parking lot and they'll just go by us it just it just opens up a whole nother set of problems just for us for crowd control out in the parking lot
0: so let me ask you guys this and then Paul maybe you want to chime in. So we have businesses, we have restaurants down here in the Twin Cities that are actually ignoring the extended lockdown. So they are opening their doors. And I'm wondering what would be preventing you guys to ignoring the extension and just opening and and Paul, is there actual ramifications, legal ramifications? I mean, what, you know, like Talked earlier about Shelly Luther, the salon owner down in Texas that just opened her salon, faced the judge, and then uh, was able to continue her business. So would you consider just ignoring
3: the extension? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, if we ignored the extension, we might risk the health inspector closing us down. Because that could happen.
4: They're just an extension of the government. So they have to follow the rules implemented by the governor. But that's one concern. And I think that actually happened to the cafe in Colorado that reopened a couple of days ago. I'm not sure if they got closed down, but I heard they did. So that's a concern, but go ahead, Marty. Well,
3: and the other issue is this is a small community. I actually live in the cities. Uh, but I stay up here in this in the summer, but up here it's a closed community and I think if we opened up against the mandates, it, and there's a lot of liberals up here, I think it would come back to bite us. We'd really tick off a lot of the local people, and that's not something we really want to risk doing. So that's another big issue for us.
4: However, if everybody did it, obviously we would do it as well. I just think it's be, you know, we, we would just go with the flow if that's what happened, but... I don't think we would we could be the ringleader up. We're pretty isolated from all those restaurants in the cities and even in Duluth, we're a half hour north of Duluth. I haven't heard of anybody in Duluth bucking the system yet. I'm watching for it, but I haven't heard of any it yet.
3: I heard that they're doing it in uh in Stearns County, that a lot of the restaurants are gonna be opening I think Friday, like maybe not a lot, five or so. And we'll see what happens with them. It they might get shut down again. So
4: I think it's a pretty blurry line right now between essential and non-essential businesses. And that's the part that, you know, makes everybody angry, I think.
3: Well, I was super angry and I did pull something on Reopen Minnesota. I was super angry when I saw that the candy store opened. That about made me lose my mind. I thought, what what the heck? How can this possibly be happening when there were social distancing and they were... Not wearing, you know, uh, mask or anything. So it is a blurry line. He's kind of cherry picking who can be open and who cannot be open.
2: Yeah, and Carl Marty, you know, I, I really do feel for you. Like any small business, um, you, you're you're really kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. And again, I, I studied the U.S. Constitution, and the Constitution says you cannot be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. You're effectively being deprived of your business. The problem you have, and, and I think you put it very well, if you buck the system, the system is going to buck back. You're going to have, um, you know, the health department's going to come in. It, it, you know, you probably have a business license. I'm sure that license may suddenly not be renewed. Um, and, and but you also made a very important point, which was not wanting to aggravate your customers. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really kind of want to, understand um you know you 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 know your local customers you know their environment and you figure if if you were to open in violation of the state orders they would they shun you they they boycott you they stop doing business with you
3: well Uh,
4: we kind of worry about it up here it's it's small town you know two harbors is a small town of 2600 you know 80% 80% of our business in the summertime is from tourists from all over the state and the five state area. So that's not such a big problem, but there's a lot of local people from Duluth and two harbors that come here every week. And we just don't know how they feel about these things.
3: Yeah. We have to really keep it clean because of the, the local population. I don't think the people in the cities would mind what we're doing so much, but the people in this area would, most of them would mind. Some of them wouldn't, but a lot of them would. Have you yeah.
0: asked? Have you asked some of
3: these, you know, people? Like, is it is it possible?
0: Kind of. I mean, like when I go out and, and talking to people, you know, I've been asking people how political they think that this is, and do they think we should reopen? Just you know, and I'm not finding anybody that hasn't thought that it's political or that we shouldn't reopen. But could you reach out to some of them and say, you know, what would you think if we just completely opened up? you think you might hear some surprising answers, possibly?
4: Possibly. We actually haven't seen many of those people in the last two months because of this. But I see a lot of um, back and forth going on on social media, Facebook and such. So really, like Paul said, and it's extreme sides. People are very extreme one way or another. Not a lot of people meeting in the middle. They either say everybody stays at home or break the rules and everybody open. It's, it's, it's kind of puzzling from what I've seen.
0: It's it's like holding the election, right? We've got all of the, uh, <laughs> I mean, what if you put a sign, I'm just thinking out loud, I guess, what if you put a, a big sign in your parking lot and said, call us, should we completely reopen or some way to get some,
3: I don't know. I
4: That's not a bad idea. Something, something of that sorts, you could do take a poll or whatever.
3: Yeah, and I know that there's a group of uh, small business owners that are putting together a lawsuit against Walt. Um, And I've had some people ask, why don't we join that lawsuit? Carl and I really haven't talked about it, but I don't know where that's going to go. It's just, it's a crazy situation we're in. It's very frustrating. And yes, uh, so
0: we had Don Hazenga on the show last week. That he's involved in that lawsuit with Governor Waltz. and there is a very high. Uh, he's they're about one hundred percent confident that they'll win because it boils down to the viability of essential and non-essential employee.
2: Let, let's face it; every business is essential to somebody. You make a living. You, you exist because you have a business that um, you know. Provides for your family. It provides for um, uh, you know the the, the it provides the families of the people who work for you. They are essential. You know that it, it, where does the government get the the gall to, to say that your family and your business isn't essential? It it's it is a violation of the liberties that this country was created to to protect. And but you're in the same boat of. Um, you know, if we're free people, you have to make the decision of what is best for you. Now, I'm not a lawyer, I don't pretend to be one on TV, I don't give legal advice. But uh, I've always said, in a free country, you have to weigh the pros and cons of how you run your business. And that includes how governments may react, even if it's extra legal. Um, you know, but I actually, was, as as often I thought about, it, it was the question about how your community would react that I find um, interesting. You know, th- that was the one I hadn't thought of before. How would the neighbors react if you if you said no, we're going to open?
1: Yeah, I didn't think of that either. I, you know, that was a very good point, and and that's probably more detrimental than the government come shutting you down if your neighbors or your the people in town um, shun you um, I think that's more emotional hurt if they didn't support you but um, like what Bill is saying maybe you might want to take a random sample of the people and talk with them so what, do you, what do you guys think about us opening a business you know because if that's one of the major factors that's making your decision not to open find out what the people think if the people go you know we don't we you should keep you should keep yourself business closed did you just keep going as normal until this somehow makes a major turn for the better
4: yeah
3: well the other thing that we're going to have a problem with is we're going to have a hard time getting our people back to work um that's going to be a mate that's another major concern for us because they're making more on unemployment than they would working for us so um that's another consideration we have. It's just really a messed up situation. Yeah.
4: We're, we're having troubles with that even right now. And we're actually, we only have like 15 people working here right now. Normally at this time of year, we'd have 70 people working here right now. It's a big difference. And we're it's hard to get people to even come in for a few days during the week on weekends right now.
3: And, you know, the other issue is we, we did get some that PPP money, but that's just a huge cluster because you don't have people working for you. You can't be paying salaries. So it's, I don't know. It's just, that was not thought out very well. So that's my two cents on that catastrophe.
0: Well, I'm planning on going to the businesses that are opening up and giving them my support. Let everybody uh, know where they can go to order pies from you. I am going to be ordering a pie when I get offline and let's drive some more business towards Betty's Pies because you guys are awesome. And maybe when more people listen and get inspired to buck the system, if you will, because we have to fight to take back our life, liberty, the ability to have a job, go to our businesses, and return our country back to normal. I know, Carl, you and I talked about the politicization of this whole uh, lockdown, and again, we're, our our goal here is to educate and to get people to understand their constitutional rights because this is a far reaching, overreaching government that as we talked earlier, that there were recommendations given by the president and the administration, and then these governors and these elected officials that have never been able to have the power that they have have overreached their power and where they should be telling us what we can and cannot do. So Carl, Marty, where do people find you and how do we order from you and drive some more business to you? And then we got to wrap out of this segment.
4: That's true, Bella. Thank you. You can go to bettyspies.com and you can order pies online there, and we'll take care of you there. And also, goldbelly.com. We are a member at goldbelly.com, and they also ship our pies
0: and you know what, Marty? It was your post that inspired me to reach out and I called Buddy's Pies that day and asked for yourself and Carl was the one that picked up the phone and when I heard what was going on, that's why I wanted to bring you guys on. I want to inspire other business owners just like Shelly Luther. We need more Shelly Luthers in the world. We need more Martin Luther King moments where we stand up and we say enough. We have to fight baby fight and this is the end of the Bella D'Angelo show for today thank you everybody it's been a great honor go out and we've got to one more listener at a time get people thinking listening learning engaging and fighting because if we lose our freedom here we have no place else to go and we gotta say good night god bless god bless america and ciao for now